genre. to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we go sprinting across rooftops as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2 one pigeon-scaring minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I am Ray Russo. Welcome, Ray. Hi. Uh, minute 86 is the one that begins with Peter getting all teary after Aunt May's speech and ends with him approaching the edge of a roof in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's going for the jump. Uh, he sure is. He sure is. He, he's really psyched up. He's he's really yeah. working himself up there. Yeah. I, I wonder what's going to happen once he gets to the <laughs> yeah. edge of that roof. Uh, no idea. Uh, Amy's pep talk <laughs> seems to have really worked. I but I do have I do have questions. I get well. Okay. All right. Before we get, even get to the all roof, right. <laughs> we we have this we have this bit where um where Aunt May uh, tells asks him if she can if he can lift the desk and take it into the garage for her. Um, mm-hmm. and she says, don't strain yourself, which I don't know. Like it's one of those, uh, it's like one of those transitional pieces of dialogue that I like a lot where it's sort of like cheekily foreshadowing the next scene, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love, I love stuff like that. I just think it's a really nice little bit of transitiony transitional material. I don't know. It's really good. Totally. Yeah, because it works as just a little gag in and of itself. You know, another one of those "you're not Superman," you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, and then in in retrospect, with the knowledge of the next scene, it becomes even better. Like I like it when a thing works on its own, and then when you get more info information later, it works even better. Um, yeah. So that when you rewatch it, you're like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> I see you there." That's good. Um, I like it. Yeah. Mm. I I like that he just sits and nods about it. Like he doesn't. I, I feel like even in other scenes in this movie, uh, there might be moments where he'd be, we'd be inclined to like do a little Jim from the office beat there, like where she says it and he like does a little mm, and then says, no, I'm okay. But instead he's just, he's still reeling from her previous speech or whatever. So he just sort of, he doesn't even look at her. He just sort of like says a little okay. And as his voice breaks a bit. Um, so I like that. I, I'm not... I obviously don't know how you guys covered this in the previous minutes, but uh, mm. the the nature of that speech seems to yes. be she she knows it definitely heavily feels like she she's got what's going on here. Yeah, I mean it seems it's that a, way. Um. It seems that way, which just kind of means like uh, her like don't strain yourself is kind of like oh, well, maybe I'm not going to let him know that I know, or maybe I'm not right. Right, right. Uh-huh. Although, kind of although like, how many... How, we, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, although we, I don't think we bring it up nearly as often as we should. 
yeah do do the people of new york like how how much do they actually know what this weird guy who wears pajamas like what what do they know <laughs> about his power set like do they know he has super strength <laughs> um i don't know like yeah I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how much she would even even if she knows that he's spider-man like does she know that he could like you know lift the desk over his head also, why, if she knows, like, just come out with it. Like, why are you, why are you both <laughs> winking at each other? Like, just <laughs> stop winking. Keep up this facade. Yes, yes, we both do it. Or you, it could just be like, you know, that sort of grandmotherly, like, I don't care how old you are, you're still a kid type of thing where even if she does know he could lift a bus, she's just like, well, don't strain yourself. You know, be <laughs> yeah. careful out there type, type of thing. I, I mean, it's, it's sort of reminiscent of the scene where like earlier in the movie where he knows that she's behind on her mortgage and she still mm-hmm. makes him take the money, take the like 20 bucks. Oh, right. Like, yes. Yes, That's exactly. True. It's like she, yeah. she's still taking care of him and still has to look out for him. So very much with that, like, I don't care if you're a grown up, I, I still have to take care of you because that's my job. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, plus, I, I mean, I think Scott's onto something there with the idea that people of New York know that he swings from buildings and they know he sticks to things because of photos from the bugle and like if they were eyewitnesses of things but i don't think he ever did any like big feats of strength over the last couple years that were highly publicized you know like we we haven't had the train moment yet well yeah and even the um even the thing where he's hanging off the bridge with you know holding the 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 whatever the whatever that thing is um yeah the child the kid container yeah the kid container whatever that thing was um i I forget what exactly what that thing was called um but yeah when he's holding that i mean it's not like there's any press around taking pictures you know Mm -hmm. that's true so um it's a different time people weren't whipping out their cell phones and taking pictures and if they did they would be like the worst pictures imaginable (laughs) (laughs) hey look it's bigfoot guys yeah right yeah one of his powers is blurriness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's one of the Flash's powers. Um, He's just kind of unfocused all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's the it's one of those things where you can sort of um, you, when you're watching these movies, you can take for granted what it's like to actually be someone who lives in New York, you know, um, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. lives in the city with these heroes. Because, you know, it's like that same thing that people always say with Superman. It's like. Well, how does she not know that Clark is Superman? Well, it's because she doesn't have a lot of interactions with Superman. She just knows Clark. She doesn't – she sees Superman from a distance. Now, the second that she actually meets Superman, she should be like, wait a minute. Don't I work with you? But like (laughs) – but until that moment happens, like, I think it's forgivable. Totally. I mean, like, in reality, Dolly Parton lost a Dolly Parton lookalike contest, so... <laughs> right, yeah. You yeah. know, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, plus it's like, I mean, how often do people have genuine face-to-face Hal Sparksian interactions with Spider-Man? Right. Like, you know, there's 8 million people in the city in 2004-ish, you know, it's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Natalie Portman lives in New York. How often do people run into her? Like, come on. Right. I, well, and, and even Hal Sparks, Hal Sparks, when he was in an elevator with Spider-Man, he didn't actually think he was in an elevator with Spider-Man. He thought he was in an elevator yeah. with someone dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. 
It's a Spidey outfit. Right. Like, cool. Yeah, cool yeah. Spidey yeah. outfit. Type of thing. Yeah. So he's still a bit of a vague presence in people's minds. So I would buy that she's genuinely worried about his back or whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> as well he should be, as we might learn eventually. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, oh, but, uh, yeah, so then we get to this rooftop scene. I... I don't think we get this really nice establishing shot of like, I don't know. I don't see shots like this very often of. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird shot. It looks like it's on a helicopter and it's on like a swivel. So it's like mm-hmm. peering off the helicopter for like a really, you know, regular sort of city establishing shot. And then they just swivel it down and point it directly down at the roof. Um, yeah. It's really it's a- interesting. Like, the final shot is as if they were perched, like, bird's eye view above the thing. But yeah. the starting shot is a regular... I, I don't think... I don't know. It's well, Like, I wrote it down. I almost wondered if it was, like, CG or something. Because it's such an elaborate move for just a little weird intro here. Yeah. Um, Especially considering you can see Peter walking across the roof. That's the weirdest part of it, I think. Yeah. I don't think I've ever <laughs> noticed that you can see Peter walking across the roof in the establishing shot. Yeah. Yeah, it's just doo to do. Yeah, there we go. Almost looks like a miniature, which you know, all things look like a miniature if you're far enough away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called it's... perspective, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's why it's why miniatures work so well. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's good though. It's like I like how it sells the geography of the space, how we are above this one particular alleyway and whatnot, and that it feels like we're actually outdoors. This is not one of our, you know. Uh, Harry Osborne-ish rooftop sets. This is, we're in the we're, city. We're in the city actually state. on a roof. And it also establishes we're really high up. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is going to, yeah. you know, come into play in the next minute here. Yeah. Or it might. Who knows? We only deal with running on rooftops today. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all those, there's all those real, you know, soft, pillowy cars below. Yeah. <laughs> um, which are uh, yes. sort of so soft lined, lined up in preparation right. here. Um, uh, I just want to say uh, this, the bit where once we go out of the transition, once we go out of that transitional opening shot and we have the, the long shot of Toby, like approaching the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say he really hits the crap out of his mark here. Like that's a, <laughs> it's a really long approach Yeah, and he has to hit, you know, like within a, a millimeter or two, the right, stopping point at the end mm-hmm. um i mean whoever the first ac is will, can adjust a little bit with racking the focus but they want that to that moment to nail immediately and him to come fully in focus at the end there and he just like comes waltzing on up mm-hmm. and and uh and hits it like I, there are weird things like that that i get impressed by in movies now like once you've had to hit a few marks when you see somebody like doing a long approach like that you're like oh wow he really he did it. <laughs> there, there are few things I think in cinematic history as dorky as Tobey Maguire's Peter Strut. Like just, <laughs> <laughs> just the way that he walks is just, it's just like the, I just like what a nerd's version of confident is. I don't know. It's just yes, so interesting. Exactly. It's like he's he must think he looks like a cowboy or something. Right. But he just <laughs> I'm expecting the high noon. Yeah. Kind of like music yeah. to start playing yeah. at any moment. Oh yeah. As the pigeons go by. Yeah. <laughs> I, I God, I love it so much. I even Man, I I remember I had a an acting teacher that had us do like weird exercises where they would put down random marks and we'd have to like come in and hit the mark and say a line or something, but 
you know, you can't, obviously you can't look at it as you're walking towards it. Um, so either we do these exercises where you like measure out your distance from it in footsteps or walk backwards and plan it out. But then he'd like yell out stuff at us as we were walking. You're like, okay, you've got a, you've got a tray of plates in your hand. You got to spin around and somebody spins around and then you still have to try to find the, the mark and hit it and all that. And this is for some reason, the only thing I can think about during the sequence <laughs> is wandering around trying to, have we covered what marks really are in, in, in depth on this show yet? It's just literally a piece of tape on the ground yeah where mm-hmm. your your feet are supposed to go when you stop at the end of your your move so that they can focus focus the camera on you properly right um and it's it's such a strange dumb thing mm-hmm. that's really hard to do but you know saying it's hard to do is it's not like we're digging ditches over i here. mean, I mean it's not- <laughs> my favorite story about an actor missing their mark um uh-huh. back when they were shooting buffy the vampire slayer there's a scene where it was, I think, I guess, Faith's intro episode. She and she's mm-hmm. listening to music really loud, and she turns around and smacks Buffy in the face with her Walkman, Discman, um, <laughs> whatever it is. Apparently, yeah. that originally happened because Sarah Michelle Gellar was off her mark, and she was not. Oh, she just wheeled around. She, she just but... wheeled around and smacked her in the face because that's not where she was supposed <laughs> to be standing. <laughs> and immediately, it was like her first day. She's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get fired." And yeah. so I was like, no, 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 that's great. We're going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> so missing your mark can be dangerous, people, or it can be great. Yes, yeah, clearly. Um, but in this in this instance, it's uh, it's great. So we get we get our dork face towards the camera after the strut, right. and then we have the uh, the music come in. And I think that that's one of my favorite parts of this bit. I, the music. Oh, see, I hate the music. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. no. Okay. No, no, I hate okay. it. I hate it. I think it's lazy um, be- because <laughs> it's just it's just the opening credit music. Like, it's not it's not like a new piece of music. I just feel like I'm watching the opening credits again. Um, I mean, okay. But, like, for, for somebody who's watching this movie who hasn't seen, like, the previous one several times or this one several times, like... If if it's a a piece of music that works, well, no, no, no that's I think that's lazy. The longer I think, I think. about it, yeah. yeah. No, in general, in general, I think that uh, I I I I feel like Elfman. I don't know if he had like a lot going on this year mm-hmm. or what, because it really feels like he only wrote new music for Do- the Doctor Octopus theme. And that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And then everything else was just sort of remixed, regurgitated stuff from the first movie. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of new material music wise in this in this movie. And like this is one of the moments in this movie where it really stands out to me where I'm just like, oh, you're just you're just <laughs> reusing your music. Um, it actually reminds me of uh, the moment. Um, this is this is just for you, uh, Zach. Um, the yeah. moment in The Hobbit when they use the ring. Oh wraith. God! When they use the ring. Yeah, the theme. ring wraith yeah, theme for like a big very... heroic moment, and it's like this is not heroic. <laughs> well, at least it's not it's not inconsistent meaning yes, wise the way that that's one is. Like, that's my least favorite example, which was pointed out by Lindsay Ellis in her great video series about the Hobbit. Um, but this is at least like he's psyching himself up to think he's the hero and we're getting excited along with him, which is kind of the, the same like meaning behind the music at the top of each film. It's just lazy because it's literally the same music, not that it wouldn't, that a piece sounding like this wouldn't be appropriate for this, this situation. Yeah, I mean, you know? there, they could have done a variation on the theme and that would have been sure. just fine. Sure, yeah. 
Because, like, um, I tell you, there's a million variations of the Adama family theme that Bear McCreary did, and they're all different, and they're all wonderful, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that if they... I think the other problem that I have with it is, like, at the beginning of it, I'm just, like, I'm just... All I hear is the... I just see the Columbia logo. Like, it's <laughs> it's not... You expect that to just pop up over his face? Yeah, a little bit. I was like, why isn't he holding a torch? I don't understand. Um, I Yeah, no, it's just that... Uh, like, I feel like starting at the top of it is what's what the problem is. Because it really just feels like he went and just started playing that track. Rather than, like, finding mm, a part yeah. of that. If you want to re- reuse it, like, remix it a little bit. You know, like, use... Yeah. Uh, uh, like a different part of it but he he just starts with the beginning of the track and it's just like yeah well, all right all right okay uh benefit of the doubt moment just i don't actually believe this i'm just throwing it out there um, <laughs> it's almost like they're using the beginning of the movie music because it's a new beginning for him hey there you go. <laughs> hey that's a real yeah. stretch i'm doing some serious like, mental no. gymnastics <laughs> there you go uh, I like it. Um, yeah, I think probably in the note where it's but ooh, love this music. I think I assumed that he had done a variation, and I was just bad at remembering what the music sounds like. Where I was like, I probably assumed this was a slightly different riff on the opening credit, but it is literally just the the opening credits music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, what would have been better? I think is the beat that they choose in the mo- in the music when he turns around. Mm-hmm. That sort of more forceful, uh, uh like. I don't know what you call that. I don't know music terms, but when the, you feel like it's accelerating. Yeah. If we had started on that note instead of just like bring up the track from 0.00 and, uh, you know, press play. Mm-hmm. We're like, if we at least were somewhere less obviously, uh, here we go <laughs> for it, then it might work. I like think that from there it really works well and we could have probably started there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you could have started there. Um, I also would have liked just a... I think I would have liked like a new piece of music that led into the Spider-Man theme, you know, like, oh, like, like where he's, he's running. And then as he jumps off the roof, it transitions. Yeah. Right. Into the, to the main Spider-Man theme. I feel like that would have been better because I think the other problem with this is, you know, where it's going because you've heard it before, you know? Mm. So there's just no surprises. Like it's not, I don't know. Because everything else about the filmmaking here is trying as hard as it can to lean in the direction of he's going to do it. Right. Um, but the, 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 the music somehow is working against it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't I like don't it. Know. Anyway. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so he, when he lands there and the music starts up, what he says is strong focus on what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, which, okay. So this is uh, like a pickup from his pre-Ursula looking out the window moment where he's like asking New York in general uh, why he can't have what he wants or whatever. Um, That's where the phrasing comes from, at least. It doesn't relate specifically to anything Aunt May just told him, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's said as if it does. Right. Like... Oh, I've had a breakthrough. Strong focus on what no, I want. It, it, what sounds like, it, it sounds like Aunt May told him, just focus on what you want and you'll get it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, so when you, you told me what minutes I was doing, I went, I watched them. And so I'm like, okay, clearly I missed something in May's speech. And I went back to listen to it again. And I'm like, I 
where is this coming from? <laughs> right. No, yeah. I was waiting for like, I was waiting for something she said to sound like that. And so I was really disappointed. I was just like. If anything, she says the opposite. <laughs> yeah. A little lazy in the writing, I think. They needed to make that a little, like, I don't know. The significance wasn't there. It didn't tie in properly. No, not at no, all. No, Like, um, she, if I'm being super generous with it, I would say that, like, okay, he still hasn't quite figured out his duties and responsibilities here because she told him to to do what's right, you have to give up the thing you want the most. So he's still not quite on on message here, even though he's putting an extra focus here, and that's why he still can't get it going. But, I mean, come on. I, I feel like I would... I think I would be more forgiving of him saying that to himself if instead of cutting to him jumping off a roof, it cut to him like meeting with MJ and then like, I can't, I can't talk to you anymore. Like I need to, you know? Oh, because it's like, yeah, because she said you have to give up the things that you want. So he's like, okay, well, (laughs) I got to be steady. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be steady. But instead it's like. It's like he's referencing she, something from a different pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> she literally says you have to give up the things that you want the most. And then now he's like, strong focus on what I want. No, she said to give up those things. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's weird. I, I feel like this is a, this is a very obvious um, casualty of the way this movie was written. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, 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 my, my theory would be that this was, you know, way after that other scene or maybe even way before that other scene. Mm-hmm. And it just, when they rewrote it on the day, like they rewrote every scene on the day, they mm-hmm. forgot to connect it to the scene or, or maybe, uh, that scene of him looking out the, the, you know, looking out his, um, his um, window. window came after the Aunt May talk originally, or I don't oh, know. Who knows? Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it, it's again this thing we come back to where, like, because they kind of had to put together the dialogue by flying by the seat of their pants every day, that we get very, for the most part, very clear themes, but somewhat shaggy wording. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is another example of that where it's, we're a couple degrees off from on center. I, even though, like, Toby clearly is like, committed to like putting his serious determined determination face on here and all that uh, I, I would love to know what he's thinking there specifically because maybe what he wants has changed and that's the difference between the the pre-ursula scene where he's looking out the window like if if before he was thinking why can't i just have what i want and what he wants is you know this sort of nice easy life with like mary jane and without these responsibilities and now what he wants quote unquote is to be the hero again mm-hmm Maybe that works, mm-hmm. but it's still... It, it definitely ties in closer to Aunt May's speech. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is this guy, this guy's not the Flash. He has no Flash. <laughs> <laughs> um, his, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about this a couple of things. I think my favorite part about Toby's 
determination faces, his strained faces in this uh-huh. bit, is that every time we cut to his face, it's a different face. Like <laughs> it keeps changing. Um, like I think that's the best part. I just I love that he flares his nostrils. I love that it's different every time. Yeah. Um, I just love that Toby Maguire doesn't care that he doesn't look uh he doesn't have attractive strained face and he doesn't seem to particularly care that he doesn't he doesn't have hero jaw you're right yeah yeah and it's it's hard to do i'm sure i mean anybody who's been a human being on facebook has seen like a tagged picture of yourself when you're like awkwardly yeah. in the middle of saying something and you're like uh-huh. oh no oh no that's not me not and like you don't even have to look at facebook you just have to every time you've accidentally opened up your front facing camera and you didn't realize yes it. <laughs> yeah it's that it's that oh god what is that oh it's my face you know and he's got to <laughs> run in slow motion with like you know 35 millimeter cameras rolling you know however many frames a second on him and he just it just embraces the weirdness. I will look like a bird creature in this one. I will look like a you know <laughs> Sasquatch in the other. It's fine. Like I will just effort all of the effort through my face as without someone, vanity. As someone who goes to a CrossFit gym, I can tell you people make the stupidest faces when they're putting <laughs> a ton of effort into something. Yeah, it's no, fun. I mean, and that's that's the thing, right? Is like. Yeah. That's what people actually look like. You don't you when when you actually are straining, you don't look like Chris Evans, you know, holding on to a helicopter. Like that's yeah. not <laughs> what real people look like when they strain. That's Chris Evans being fully aware of every muscle in his face and controlling them to be at peak attractiveness at all times. <laughs> and it worked very well. And it oh, worked very well. It really did. Yeah, yeah. It did. But this is this is life. This is like this is the yeah. real stuff. And right. I can I can again I can get when people like think it's too much, but it just endears me so much to this character when he just looks ridiculous. I yeah. I love it. Um I do get nervous when he comes up to this edge here because like I assume this isn't with Toby himself himself, the final shot um from from the back when he comes up to the edge of the uh of the thing there like that's got to be a a stunt person maybe i'll research from some uh of the stunt guys for tomorrow there but i like there is something about the fact that it is a real new york street and a real alleyway and you can see Mm. the actual distance there as he runs up towards it and it makes me nervous is this at this point or is this is he going to jump off into cushions like is that a is that a plate there now i think we'll we'll check tomorrow but i'm I'm pretty sure this is a seamless into into a a shot of the um of the alleyway tomorrow. But like yeah, they could have okay. maybe done a, a camera controlled move where they just shot a plate of this and then did a, a composite with him running. Yeah. yeah you know, with his, his screen. Well, I was thinking I was thinking maybe like the rooftop that he's running on is like a set and then there's like green screen. Oh, sure, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah that's yeah. what I was kind of thinking. I don't know, but we'll uh-huh. we'll see. At any rate, it looks good here, which is yeah. Which is oh nice. no, it looks great. Even yeah. if it is, even if it is fake, it is. It looks great. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know uh, if this is real, though. I don't know how this stunt man is going to survive this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'll look forward to however that's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Ray, Ray, do you uh, do you remember the first time that you? 
had any sort of uh, interaction with Spider-Man as a character? Like your first memories oh, of, of this character? I mean, I'm pretty sure that like when I was younger, I was digging up old comic books in my grandfather's attic, my dad's dad, and mm-hmm. definitely some old Spider-Mans up there that belonged to my uncle. Um, but I, re- I do remember the first movie really, really well. Uh, I remember when it came out and all my friends uh, were in love with Tobey Maguire and I was aggressively trying to be really straight because I didn't know at that time. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, he's, he's really cute. Yeah. Just trying to go along with everybody. But I remember that I really did like the movie. And then I know I saw this movie because I know I saw the movie with Doc Ock. And then I was going back through it for this. And I'm like, what? Huh? I don't remember any of this. So I guess it didn't stick as well as, you know, other things have hmm. but um interesting I, I i'm honestly like genuinely surprised that my you know obsession with superheroes didn't take off at this time and that it came much later well we're, we're glad you landed there eventually I mean. <laughs> <laughs> just took a little time sure i've managed to compress a lifetime of comic book nerdiness into the last six years so is that all it's been six years wow I started reading Marvel Comics after Avengers came out. Oh, ah, makes wow. sense. Crazy. Yeah. Huh. Well, tell people about your uh, about your, your blog and your uh, Instagram and all of that stuff. Oh, yes. So uh, I run a blog called Superpowers Sold Separately. It <laughs> is everything fandom and fitness related. Uh, nice. It's it's still a pretty new venture, uh, working on it slowly but surely. I'm also working on getting my NASM personal training certification. So hopefully I will be offering coaching services through the site as well. But wow. uh, yeah, so right now my focus is on um, bringing people's passion for science fiction, fantasy, comic book superheroes, and helping to inspire um, channeling wanting to be your own hero into motivation for living the healthiest life you can. That's awesome. So, yeah. That, that's my shtick. You can check me out at uh, superpowersoldseparately.com. Uh, you can also check out my own personal adventures at Higher Faster Furthermore on Instagram. Higher, further, faster, more. Sorry. I get the two mixed up. I have it tattooed on my ankle and I still mix it up. I showed it to Kelly Sue, my my little Captain Marvel tattoo. She loves it. Oh. And yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, she and Matt Fraction are very sweet and very strange. Beautiful. Met them a couple of times. Um, so yeah, it's higher, further, faster, more. And there was a period in between each of the words. So come check me out. I also have a podcast on Dueling Genre, Countdown to Infinity. We just wrapped up as a recap of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from Iron Man to Infinity War. Nice. Yes. And (laughs) we had Scott on for Ant-Man. We had Zach on for Spider-Man Homecoming. So you should come and listen to them there. And I'm sure you've all talked about Geek by Night. (laughs) <laughs> and where <laughs> I am the voice of Gwen. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's me. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we will uh, we'll have more of Ray tomorrow and uh, more Spider-Man. But uh, in the meantime, go check us out on Facebook, Spider-Man Minute Friendly Neighborhood Listener Group. You can uh, join in the discussion there with, uh, you know, talking about whatever ridiculous thing we're talking about every day. Um, so, so go check that out. If you're not already a member, uh, just, just join in and, uh, make sure that you answer the question. Just, yeah, the, 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 the question that we ask is what are the name of the hosts? So as long as you put Scott and Zach, you will be let in because there are a lot of, there are a lot of Spider-Man fans on Facebook who just add themselves to every group and then just like share their weird Spider-Man fan videos. And that's it. Um, so, yeah, so we to avoid just be an that actual listener, that's all we need. Yeah, yeah we just want to make sure you're an actual listener. So, yeah, just uh, just answer the question with uh, Zach and Scott and you will let you in because you'll be a real human listener and uh, you can join in the fun over there. So do that. That's the Spider-Man Minute Friendly Neighborhood Listener Group on Facebook. And we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 87. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.